0: I grew up outside of the church, uh, really only attending on Christmas and on Easter to my grandma's church, Um, and you know, I never really heard the gospel, and I really didn't know what the gospel even meant. I think that maybe I thought it was like some kind of music, but then throughout middle school and then high school, I was invited to to Village Church, where I came and was able to get involved with the music ministry, where our youth pastor, Matthew, um, shared the gospel with me, and I also heard the gospel spoke. Um, by our Pastor Eric um, through the messages and then really experienced the love of the gospel through the community in the church that I, that I was a part of and it was through that that I was then exposed to, to God's plan for my life and His love for me. Um, the gospel you know, is more than making a difference for me, you know it is my life, it is you know, my drive, it's my hope and it's my purpose and knowing that, that God would love me so much that He would intentionally come down to earth and die for me gives me that, that drive to wake up it inspires me and gives me that purpose to share that good news and if there's such a great gift that we have, that's, that's God's unconditional love and Him dying for us, that's a gift that, that I want to share with others. It's been so encouraging to, to watch the gospel transform people's lives. It's, it's transformed my family. It's transformed some of my friend groups. It's transformed you know, some of my closest friends and allowed them to come into a relationship with Christ and it's been such a blessing watching them grow as I grow um, in my walk with the Lord and and, you know it just just emphasizes to me the importance of sharing the gospel and being so intentional as to speak the words of the gospel and to not only live your life showing love but also speaking God's word to them and you know I heard that the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time so you know if he's living water we're only going to you know quench our thirst if we drink it and no matter how much we know about it never gonna really satisfy us until we drink that water and I just encourage everyone to, to share the gospel like somebody shared it with me and now I've had the opportunity to share it with with others in my life.
1: Isn't that a great story? Everyone clap. Yes, that was good. That's a great story. I love Will. Will is just such a it's a great story and it fits in perfectly with what we're going to be looking at today and today we are concluding our series bucket list and by taking a look at this and this i believe this is what most people want on their bucket list which is something you want to want to do or you want to achieve before you die and very simply it's this but before i die i want my life i want to know that my life has made a difference and that's one of the great things about the story with will Bonneville. i the gospel touched his life and brought change into his life but here's what's interesting to me you know how it began it began because somebody, very simply, said, why don't you come to church with me? And, and it wasn't, it's not just that it's the church, it's that what was being taught at the church when he we went to youth group was the message of Jesus, and it has forever changed his life. And so there was a person who invited him who can know, I made a difference, an impact in somebody's life. Now, in saying all of that, uh, I will say this. Whenever we travel, I'm not not a good traveler. I don't enjoy going on road trips, do I, Emily? I I don't do well in cars. Like, my limit is about, like, 40 minutes, and then I want to be there. And so that causes some problems for our family whenever I'm driving. And so when I'm driving, though, in order to kind of, if it's going to be kind of a long trip, uh, what I like to, what I typically do is I will look for a, like, a talk radio station or or I will look for a classic rock station so that I can pass the time. matter of fact, I just saw there's a new station coming out that is uh, playing 90s music now, and they're calling that classic rock. How scary is that? And so anyway, so whenever I'm driving down the road, I like to listen to something that will kind of preoccupy me. But whenever, if you're driving somewhere, you'll finally find a station that you've been looking for, you know, you're hit-and-seek, and it'll finally pop up a station, and then you drive for a little while, and then inevitably what happens is that the, the signal begins to fade in and out. And, you know, you're sitting there and you're trying to, you know, you'll click your dial one more extra number to see if you can maybe kind of keep it on for as long as possible. But there comes a time when you just get out of range and the only thing that you hear is static. And that's, I mean, it's frustrating. But, but here's the deal. I mean, that radio station signal is only good within a certain area or a certain boundary. You know, if you have a car, I don't have, you know, serious radio or anything like that. So it's only as good as as far as that signal goes. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, in a lot of ways, that's how many of us are in our relationship with God. You know, we, 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 we drive along in life and we start picking up His voice and we begin to hear things and we begin to see what God wants us to do in life and we get real excited. But, but as we travel along in life, we just sort of sometimes with God, we, we kind of begin to keep on traveling and we get outside of His boundaries. And we get outside of how He's called us to live and what He wants us to do. And then before long, you know, it's like His voice is sort of coming in and out. And then after a period of time, all we hear is static. And, and then we begin to complain. We begin to say things like, you know, well, why, why don't I hear God's voice anymore? You know, why don't I know what God's purpose and plan for my life is? It's, not, it's just not clear. And a lot of times, the reason why is because we are traveling outside of His boundaries. And so the only thing we pick up is static. Now, I do believe that most people, when it comes down to it, most of us who are believers, we we don't want to travel outside of His boundaries. And we want to stay within His boundaries so that we can know His voice. So that we can know that as we are living, that our lives as we follow Him are going to make a difference that they're going to make an impact. And, and there's something powerful in believing and knowing that your life and my life actually matters. You know, that, that we are here on purpose. That we're not just here to kill time and just sort of pass through this life and be basically non-existent. And that's one thing I like about our scripture today. We're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Uh, those of you who've grown up in the church, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I know this one already. Well, And, and I, I've heard it my whole life, but it, but it means something very powerful. And what we're going to see is Jesus was talking to his followers, to his disciples, and he's very simply letting them know this. Your life was created to make a difference. Your life has a plan and it has a purpose that God wants you to fulfill. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that makes me happy. To know that I am here for a reason, that I am here, that you are here on purpose, and so when Jesus spoke these words, I think it's important for us to know this, that Jesus spoke these words not as a guy who's getting ready to go to the cross. At this point, Jesus has already risen from the dead. Jesus is speaking as one who has power. He's not speaking as a guy who's scared and thinking, I don't want anybody to forget about me, so guys, y'all make sure that you talk about me so that my life's not a waste. I mean, Jesus was speaking as the risen Lord. And it's in this section of Scripture that Jesus tells his followers, you have a plan and a purpose for your life, and I made it. And this section of Scripture is also known as the Great Commission. Now, the question for me is this, why would it be important for me, or why would I have a desire to follow God's mission for my life? And we're just going to take a look at a a few things or a few reasons why we would want to follow God's mission for our life. And, and here's the very first thing. The first reason why we'd want to follow God's mission for our life is because of this. It's because Jesus is in charge. Jesus is the one who made the mission, and he's the one who's going to enable us to fulfill that mission. If you look in verse number eighteen of Matthew twenty-eight, it says, Then Jesus came near and said to them, and this is his disciples, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That, by the way, that is a, that's a big statement right there. You know, it's really easy to kind of know that verse, all authority has been given to God, Jesus in heaven and on earth. That That is a big deal right there. He says, I have all authority. Now, he has all authority. Now, what Jesus is doing is he's, he's getting ready to tell them, now, I have a mission for your life. And your mission is to share good news, the good news of Jesus coming for people. Your mission is to live out the plan that I have for your life. Now, for those of you who've grown up in the church, you've heard this before, this is sort of like old hat to you, but there's not many people who fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives. Now, there's a couple of stats I always find interesting, and, and it's, they're hard to believe. But I, I read this stat. 95% of Christians, of people who claim to be Christians, have never told another person about Jesus, about how to come into a relationship with Jesus. 95%. Here's one that's even more mind-blowing to me. 60% of Christians have never invited another person to come into the church. Now how weird is that in an unchurched person? Now we know, many of us know, we say we know the Great Commission and yet when it comes down to it, there are very few of us who are actually fulfilling it. Very few of us who are actually making a difference. Now the question I have is why is that? And I think there's some, I mean obviously there's got to be a, a number of reasons why. I'm just going to focus on one. At this time, and that is, I believe, that for, for one simple reason, it's because a lot of us are just simply afraid. You know, we're afraid to do it. We don't want people to think we're strange, right? I mean, we kinda want, I, I'm like everybody else. I want to fit in. You know, I want to be like other people. I, want, I don't want anybody to think I'm weird, and I'm doing a really good job of that. And so, you know, I just want to be a part of the group like everyone else. And then I see that Jesus gives us a mission that kind of goes outside of what everyone else is doing, and so what happens to us is we think, now that's weird. People are going to think I'm strange if I do this, and so that's why verse number 18 is very important for us. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so while we might be worried about what other people think, Jesus says, you don't need to be worried about it. He says, I'm the one that's got all the power. He said, you just simply follow me and I'm going to enable you because I have all the power to fulfill your mission, to fulfill your purpose in life. And those are are great words. All authority has been given to Jesus. Now, when it says all authority, where does that authority extend? If you look in verse number 18, where is that authority that Jesus has? Y'all get to participate here. Well, it's, it's on heaven and on earth. Aren't you glad it doesn't just say Pelion? I mean, isn't that great? I mean, when we talk about God, God's power extends heaven and earth. That pretty much covers it, I would say. So you don't have to worry, and I don't have to worry about being effective and saying God's power can't work over here with that person or it can't work over here in that group because Jesus says I have all authority and I have control over everything. And yet what's interesting is that even though Christ has this incredible power, there are many of us who are afraid to believe it and who are afraid to trust in it. But Jesus says I have all the authority and that, that should encourage us. Instead, what many of us do, though, is we refuse to accept it. And so what happens is we can go through life having all authority and all power that Jesus wants to use to work in our lives, and yet we live as though we have no power. Now, a story that kind of illustrates this for me is this old story. There was a man that, had, that went to a bazaar. He was in Indiana, you know, where they sell a lot of crafts and, and wares and stuff like that. And he was walking around. He saw that this one guy was selling, or he had a, he had a, a cubby of quail and their legs were all tied together and they were tied together in a circle and the birds, you know, they would just simply walk around in a circle. It's kind of cute to look at, but the guy was looking at him, he kind of felt, he felt sorry for the birds. You know, because they're all tied together and they're just walking around in a circle and so he walked over to the man and said, I'd I'd like to buy your birds. And he said, well, how many do you want? He said, I want all of them. So that'd be great. So they worked out a price. He paid for them. He said, what what I'd like for you to do is I'd just like for you to cut the strings off of them and, uh, and, and let them go. So the guy thought that was kind of strange. He said, okay, I'll do it. So he cut the strings off all the birds, and they just stood there. And so the new owner walked over to the birds, and he, and he just sort of shooed them away, and the birds, they took off in flight. And a beautiful sight, you know, they, they finally have freedom, and that they flew about 50 feet, and they landed on the ground. They gathered up together in a circle, and they began to walk around in a circle again. And so he's frustrated he ran over to him, and he kind of kicked at him, and they, they flew off again and landed about 50 feet away and they, they huddled up again and got in a circle and they walked on together. Now, and he was frustrated because these birds, for the first time, they had freedom for the first time. They, they were no longer tied together. They had the ability to fly, the ability to soar, and yet they continued to live as though they were in bondage. Now, God, that is a picture to me of what can so easily happen in our lives. That Jesus has come along and He is He has freed us from the bondage of sin, freed us from the bondage of fear, and yet we we and we have the ability to soar above all this stuff, and yet we, we still like to gather together and we like to march around in circles as though we are still enslaved. And yet Jesus says, I have all authority. And he said, whenever I have the authority, I'm going to enable you through my authority. I will give you power to fulfill the mission that I have for your life, which is to live by my commands and to love other people and to point them to me so their lives can be changed. Now, here's the deal. Is it worth following Jesus' mission for our lives? Well, it is because Jesus is in charge. He has all authority. But here's the second reason why it's worth following his mission for us. It's because Jesus commands it. Jesus gives a command in our lives that we are to follow, and we see it in verse number 19. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always, even to the end of the age." now in this section of scripture Jesus gives a very clear charge to his followers he says go therefore what you're gonna notice there is he it's a command it's not a suggestion there says go Jesus did not say hey listen guys if it fits into your schedule if y'all could live for me you know like on Monday through Wednesday that'd be great Uh, Jesus did not say Um, You know, if it's convenient for you, I want you to go and make disciples. It's not what he said. This is a command. For if you want to know what your mission is, let me tell you something. When Jesus gives a mission and a purpose for our lives, it is not wishy-washy. It is absolutely clear. He gives a command that we are to go and make disciples of all nations. He says you are to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus, he also didn't say this, he didn't say, "Oh, if you would do this if everyone agrees with you, he didn't say that. He said, I want you to go regardless of what everyone else thinks. Now you might think, well, isn't that kind of arrogant for Jesus to tell me what to do? Yeah, I'm an individual, now, I'm a grown up, I should be able to make my own choices, but if you become a follower of Jesus, the Bible says you no longer belong to yourself, you now belong to God. So it's not your life is no longer about your rights, it's about God. And he has charge. Now, now, why is that? We go back to verse 18. All authority in heaven and earth belongs to Jesus. And yeah, I'm afraid there are many of us who are afraid to follow the commands of Jesus because we're worried about what others are going to think. I remember a few years ago, uh, the, the Southern Baptist Convention came out with this pamphlet. You know, when, you know, we get pastors, we get all this stuff. And so they had this pamphlet that came out as a prayer pamphlet. We're supposed to pray for the Hindu people in Chicago that their eyes would be open to the message of Jesus. So we all got this pamphlet. Now what was interesting is that pamphlet caused a firestorm. Now I'm mean, just to pray for people. Pray that the people know who Jesus is. We want, we want to pray for people to know Jesus because we believe Jesus is the only hope. Now that's all we're, we're just praying. The, there was a, a, rep- a representative, US representative Jim McDermott from Washington State found out about the pamphlet. I believe he's still in Congress. He wrote a letter to all the other representatives in Congress and he told them that they should rebuke that they should rebuke the Southern Baptist Convention for for being so intolerant for praying for Hindus to know who Jesus was, and that some of the religious leaders in Chicago asked asked the people asked Baptists to say this don't come here and pray for us, <laughs> don't, because you might spark hate crimes. Okay, now I, and I'm sitting there and I'm pinching myself going is this like Twilight Zone? This is weird. You know, I'm sitting, there, I'm looking, I'm thinking. Okay, so if we actually now, if we actually follow the command, the mission that Jesus gives his followers, there are some people today who look at that as saying, that is actually hateful for you to do that. You know what? Way too many of us are being intimidated and scared to fulfill the mission that Jesus has for our lives because we're afraid of what other people are going to think. Did you know this has been going on since the beginning? When, when Peter and the apostles, the other disciples, they were preaching about Jesus. After Jesus had, had been resurrected, they went into the temple complex area in Jerusalem. They began to teach about Jesus. They get arrested for it. Now, Acts 5, through 7 27-29 says this. It says, having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, to be questioned by the high priest. And here's what they said to him. They said, we gave you guys strict orders not to teach in Jesus' name. Yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching and you're determined to make us guilty by this man's blood. And I love this response. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. That took some guts to say that. Now, why did they say that? Because of verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. It's not been given to man. And so basically what Peter is saying, hey guys, man, we, we... we appreciate your position, but we don't worship you. We worship God. And God gave us a command, and we're going to follow his command, not yours. Now, he wasn't a jerk about it. He just said, this is what we're going to do. Now, now believers, I believe we are moving into a time when we're going to have people who are going to tell us, if you follow this command of Jesus, there are going to be people who are going to look at us and say, that well, that's hate crime. There's going to be people who look at us and say, You shouldn't do that because you're going to offend other people. Guys, let me tell you something. We have been called to live in order to please God, not man. And when God gives us a command, we are to follow it regardless of what others say, regardless of what government says. We follow what Jesus says. We've been called to make a difference. How do we make a difference? We tell people about Jesus. Now, is there any good reasons why we should follow Jesus? Well, yeah, he's in charge. He commands it. And then I like this one. The final reason why it's worth following Jesus' mission for us is because Jesus will be with us. You know, it's real easy to be brave. But, man, it gets a little bit, whenever you go out there and you feel like you're on your own, it gets a little bit scary. But you're not on your own if you're a believer. In verse number 20, Jesus said this. He said, you're to teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this is an interesting scripture to me because the past couple of months have been pretty difficult for the disciples. I mean, before they thought Jesus, I and mean, they were looking at Jesus, he's going to be the guy that's going to come in. You remember, Romans, are they occupy Israel at this time. They are in charge. And so they thought, Jesus is going to kick him out, and we're going to get to rule with Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Then what happens? Jesus gets arrested by the religious leaders. They, they, they beat him. They send him to the cross, and then they kill him. All their hopes are dashed. I mean, just within a, really a matter of days. They're on a mountaintop, and then they are crushed. The guy they've given everything for has been crucified. But then something incredible happens. Three days later, y'all remember what happens? Easter right? Jesus gets up from the grave. Can you imagine how awesome that would have been? I mean, they are crushed, and then Jesus gets up, and they're sitting there going, we told you guys there's something to this man. Don't mess with us. He just conquered death. I mean, that would be so fun to walk around bragging about that. But then Jesus, he he rises from the grave, and then after he does that, then Jesus says, hey guys, I'm going to go back to heaven now. You're going to be on your own. Okay, so they're just, once again, they're like, oh, my gosh. And I, I'm, there had to be a disciple that would have been like me, thinking, okay, when Jesus leaves, they I've been bragging way too much. They are going to come after me, and they are going to wipe me out. I mean, they're going to they're take me down. And so the disciples, they're feeling desperate and alone here. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like that? you were at a place where, where you felt like, there, there's nobody who's supporting me? There's nobody who's rooting for me. There's nobody who has my back. Because when we follow the mission that Jesus has for us, there is one who does have your back. And in verse number 20, Jesus said, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When God gives us a mission, He is going to give us the power to fulfill the mission and to stay with us. And even when it's scary... If we just hang on to Jesus, we're going to be okay. If Jesus calls you to do something scary like become a missionary, you don't have to be afraid. If Jesus calls you to do something scary like turn down a job that's going to pay you more money, it's going to be okay. Why? Because Jesus has all authority and He has all power. And He wants the best for you. He's right there with you. You don't have to be fearful. You know, one of my favorite stories is a pastor was talking about when his kids were little, he would like to get them in the pool. I was trying to teach them how to swim. And uh, he said that his boy was afraid of the deep end. And so he grabbed his son. He goes, Hop in the pool. And so he jumped in the pool in the shallow end. And he's sitting there wading around. The water came up to his chest. He goes, We're going go to go the deep end. He goes, I want go to go the deep end. He goes, Just hang on to me. So the boy grabs onto his dad, and he begins to walk out to the deep end. He said, very slowly, the water got higher and higher, and the boy's you know, crawling up his dad. And he said, he's up on his shoulders, and he's sitting there. And, and, and he said, that's somewhere in the deep end now. And he said, and once I got to the deep end, he goes, I knew if he was hanging onto me, he would be okay when he got to the deep end, because he knew it was going to be safe as long as he was hanging onto him. And he said, the boy finally began to realize, as long as I'm hanging onto dad, the water never gets to a point where it's going to go above his head, and we're going to drown and I thought, you know, that's, that's very similar to us in our relationship with Jesus. As long as we hang on to Jesus, you know, we, we're going to go into the deep end where without Jesus, man, y'all, we go, we're like Peter when he's walking on water. When we're not looking at Jesus, man, we sink like rocks. But if we're hanging on to Jesus, then, then we don't have to worry about life overwhelming Jesus, the waves going over him. Why? Go back to verse number 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If we hang on to Jesus and we, and we simply live out his command and say we are going to make a difference because we are going to do what Jesus tells us to do. We are going to pray for people to be touched by Jesus. We are going to invite people to come into the church where they can hear the good news of Jesus. We are going to love people where they are. We are going to serve people because we've been called to do that in the name of Jesus. We don't have to be fearful of what other people think about us. Because Jesus said, if you live according to my word, he says that I'm going to take care of you. So is it worth us following the mission that Jesus has for us? Absolutely. You see, the reason why is because Jesus is in charge. Now, Jesus commands it, but Jesus will always be with us. That's our mission. That's what we are created to do. The question is, for you and for me, am I I fulfilling that mission? Am I living out the Great Commission? Where I'm going out and I'm making disciples. Where I'm telling people who Jesus is, where I'm telling people how Jesus has changed my life. Where I'm praying for people, where I'm serving people. Am Am I doing those things? Because guys, until we do those things, we are not going to live lives that make an impact for an eternity. So what I'd like for us to do is i like for us to get a head start. Let's do it. For those of us who are believers, followers of Jesus, let's take Jesus up on his word. And when Jesus says, go, says, let's do it. Let's go. You know, we, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to get together and say, you think we ought to do this? You think we ought to go? Yes, I mean, you don't even have to talk about it. Just go. So well, how, what, what can I do? I'm assuming there's a lot of things we can do. There are two simple things that we can do, and we can start right now. First one is pray. We can pray for people. There are people that we know, people that we work with, people that are our relatives who do not know Jesus. I want, I want all of us right now, we're just simply going to take time to pray for them. And say, Jesus, I am praying in your name. You have all authority and you have all power. Jesus, I'm praying that you will touch them, that you will soften their heart. God, I pray that you will change their lives. Because, y'all, you know, Jesus is the only hope that we have.